0: Welcome and thanks for joining us for this episode of the C Free Church Podcast. You're about to listen into a message from one of our gatherings. To find out more about our community, where we gather, both in person and online, and how to get involved, head to cfreechurch.ca. Now, let's listen into a message from a recent service. Uh, and in the liturgical calendar. Ooh, liturgical calendar. This Sunday is also It's it's the last Sunday of Lent, for those who um, may know that. So in Lent, so as we celebrate, Advent is before Christmas, the 40 days before Christmas, and there's usually readings and calendars and things. Uh, In uh, the liturgical calendar, Easter is preceded by Lent. And usually in Lent, uh, people give things up for Lent. And so uh, we don't typically celebrate that in our Pentecostal tradition. Uh, We do fasting usually in the New Year. Uh, we have friends who are Lutheran ministers, and they always said they gave up coffee for Lent, and they were real kind of coffee snobs. So one year for fun, we gave them a Starbucks card for Lent, oh. and they they said it was fine because Sunday was a cheat day. And yeah, we didn't believe that, but then I found out that that's really true. That Lent doesn't include the Sundays before Easter; it's just the weekdays. So yeah, so if you were celebrating Lent, you can cheat on Sundays. I know. So. Um, <laughs> That's just my test for the day. So Christopher led us in communion, and it, it, the thing that when Paul talks about communion, he says, uh, "Proclaim Christ's death until he comes." Right. And so I thought. So we're, we're kind of we're at the end of a series called um, "Redigging Wells, Building Altars." When we're we again look at the things that we believe or things that happen and kind of. Um, Refresh ourselves, because sometimes things get lost in our day-to-day world. But We're also coming into this new series that's all about nothing comes for free. And I thought, what a perfect Sunday to kind of blend both, because it's the Sunday before Easter. And uh, so I wanted to remind us, uh, because we don't have a service on a Good Friday, but Good Friday is coming up. So Palm Sunday, the entrance of Jesus into Jerusalem celebrated by people that were later going to betray him. And then the crucifixion happened on Good Friday. So, what's good about Good Friday? There's our title for today. What's good about Good Friday? So, some would say that Jesus was a good teacher. Have you heard that before? Oh, Jesus was a good teacher, even by people that aren't in church. Well, How can you say that someone's a good teacher and then dismisses claims about being a Messiah? Well, he he taught good, you know, he was good when it came to moral things, but yeah, he was a bit of a wacko when it came to seeing who he was and that he was God in the flesh. Well, I always thought that, you know, if if somebody was going to be a good teacher, then you had to agree with them. And if they started saying wacko things, then, well, maybe you shouldn't listen to the other things that they said. But so if um why couldn't he be just a good teacher well good friday is the recognition of the crucifixion and so i i want to let you know cuz we hear sometimes well you know you don't even really hear about easter being a religious celebration anymore right it's all about the easter bunny and now uh, years ago I was saying we lived in Dawson City and i led the, the i was a beaver leader so beavers like scouts cubs beavers and uh so I said to my little beaver troop one day, so what do you know about Easter? This little guy puts up his hand. Jesus died and was put in the grave. I'm like, good. He goes, and three days later, he rose from the dead. He's like, ah! I said, well, uh, sort of. <laughs> so pretty, you know, and I thought, hey, this was an unchurched kid. But nowadays, I don't know how many people would even get that part. Right. Well, it's it's about the Easter bunny or whatever, right? Or, or spring solstice celebration or different things. But the crucifixion of Jesus wasn't just mentioned by authors of the Bible. It's a historical fact that Jesus was crucified. If you read the the Jewish historian Flavius Josephus in, a, in around the early 90s AD, he talks about Jesus' crucifixion. Uh, Tacticus, who is a Roman senator, speaks about his crucifixion in like 115, 116 AD. And there's a Roman governor called Pliny the Young. He maybe named himself. <laughs> and he was writing to the emperor about some things and he referred to Jesus' crucifixion. So it's a historical fact. So why did Jesus come in the first place? Right? Wasn't there a good plan B? Well, here's why Jesus came. For this is how God loved the world, that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. So, you know, the the Jewish people were expecting a political leader, right? The Messiah was going to come, and I mean, they had been subservient people, occupied land for, for centuries. And there was always this hope that the Messiah was going to come and he was going to save their save the people, not from their sins, but from the oppressor, right? And they were going to rise again as a people. Um, but that's not what really the Bible said. That's just kind of what they got, uh, what they wanted. So he came into the world to save the world. What did the world need saving from? <laughs> right? What do we need? We're, we're good people. I... I this, this, to me, is one of the, the pivotal verses of the Scripture. When the angel came to Joseph and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. It's a reflection of a, a verse that Isaiah from Isaiah who said, and the virgin will conceive... And, you're, uh, and he will be called Emmanuel, God with us. And I thought it was really interesting because, oh, well, God with us to save his people from their sins, right? What an amazing thing that God would come in the human form to save his people from their sins. And even as Jesus became an adult, um, So he came down to to be baptized, and John the Baptist said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Well, there's a bit of weight on your shoulders. They're like, no, I'm just coming to get baptized. (laughs) Uh, But he recognized what Jesus was there for, that Jesus wasn't just supposed to be a good teacher and feed a lot of people and be a good man and heal people, but he came to take away the sin of the world. So, it's not a word we hear much anymore. We don't talk about sin, uh, because that's got a bad, negative connotation to it, right? Mm-hmm. We talk about, you know, I don't know, you define, what do you, what do you define as sin? Come on, somebody shout out. What is sin? Wait, like what do we think is sin? Yeah, define or- sin for me. <laughs> Anything that induces guilt. Oh, great! Okay. So mothers are therefore sinful because yes. they induce guilt. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I, I thought, who's who could give a good definition of di- of guilt or sin? Who could give a good definition of sin? Well, Billy Graham, right? He would have a good definition of what sin was. So here's Billy Graham. I know. Well, it's, read the top half. <laughs> Don't be overwhelmed. <laughs> A sin is any thought or action that falls short of God's will. God is perfect, and anything we do that falls short of his perfection is sin. The Bible actually uses a number of examples or word pictures to illustrate what this means. For example, it tells us that sin is like an archer who misses the target. He draws back his bow, sends the arrow on its way, but instead of hitting the bullseye, it veers off the course and misses the mark. The arrow only misses it a little bit, or it may miss it a great deal, but the result is the same. The arrow does not land where it's supposed to. The same is true of sin. God's will is like the center of the target, and when we sin, we fall short of his will or miss the mark. I thought, wow, what a, what a good definition. So years ago, I, I remember seeing this uh, gospel publication and it showed this picture, and over here on a hill was God, and then there's this big chasm it's my big word for the day a big, empty spot, and over here was mankind standing on the hill, and there's this huge separation from God, right that and that separation, that chasm was sin right we we couldn't access God because there was sin that separated us, right and so it's Uh, you might think, I'm a pretty good person, right? I, I pay my taxes. I don't cheat on my wife. I've never killed anyone. So I must be able to get across that. Like there must be some provision for me as a good person to be able to go there. And I want to assure you that the Bible is very, very clear when it says who has sinned. For everyone has sinned, and we fall short of God's glorious standard. Mm-hmm. Well, so you can't even say, well, I'm part of the 90, I'm the 1%, mm-hmm. right? I'm the 1%. Per- no, everyone has sinned. Mm-hmm. And so that, that sin separates us from God, and there are consequences to that sin. Yeah. If we think that sin is without consequence, we, we fool ourselves, Right, because the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. So, death is eternal separation from God. Right, eternal. I, we we live in a world that thinks so temporary. Right, well, you know when it, when the end comes, it comes. When we're done, we're done. Or I'm going to re, be reincarnated. Um, I always think, do you really want to come back here, right? I don't want, I don't want to come back here, right? I, I figure if I'm, I'm, you know, there's a six in my age, and it's not the second number, right? I might have, I might be 60% through my life, and I'm, I'm enjoying my life. I've had a good life. I have 40 more good years in me, I hope. But I don't want to come back. Like, I'm, I don't want to be a teenager again, Right? <laughs> I, and I had a good teenager time, but I don't want to go through that again. But it's eternal separation, and that is a long time. But there's a bridge, right? There's a bridge across that chasm. God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, right? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And when Jesus was talking In this situation, he was talking to a Jewish leader, like someone that knew his stuff. And Jesus says, he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come to the Father except through him. So it's still very exclusive, right? Here's me, here's God, here's the chasm, and Jesus is the only way to get across it, right? You can't be good enough in and of yourself to get across that, to make your own bridge, Right? You, it doesn't work that way. Jesus is the bridge. So you can't do it on your own. So for grace, you are saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It's a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Mm-hmm. Right? And if grace, then it can't be based on works. If it were, grace would no longer be grace right so it is it is a free gift of god now historically there was a system right there's the jewish sacrificial system for a long time 2000 years let's just say cuz i'm not really good at math um, there had been this system and if you if you read through the old testament it's a nasty system right there Sacrificing, you know, Chris was saying this morning, they, the 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 pretty word is sacrifice. The real word is slaughter, <laughs> right? So uh, they were bringing bulls and goats and sheep and doves and slaughtering them at the, you know, as to try to get past the sin to cover up sin. Once a year, they had this special thing where they they took two goats, and the one they sacrificed and the one they would put on it all the sins of the people, and they would ostracize it from the, from the crowd. They'd take it out into the wilderness, and it would die. And that, but that only happened once a year. But it happened. That system went on on and on and on because it wasn't a perfect system. Right? It, um, here's, a, here's the system and how it changed. So the law is a shadow of good things that are coming not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. Otherwise, would they not have stopped being offered? So if it was working, wouldn't it stop? For the worshipers would have been cleansed once and for all and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. But those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sin, and it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. But there was a lot of bulls and goats. Yeah. Right. But it was impossible for that to take away the sin. It just covered it. Yeah. Right. So it it wasn't like a bridge over the chasm. It was like a ferry. Right. Yeah. Back and forth and back and forth. And you always had to come home. Right? You can never go and stay on the other side. Yeah. Right? There was always this coming back to sin and going back to God and back to sin. Right. And and there was all these reminders. You you couldn't sneeze without having to give some grain and go outside the camp. Like, <laughs> it's, a, it's amazing. Um, I remember, well, so there's a group of us that are reading through the, old, the Bible cover to cover. And part of that is you can post comments at the, at the end of your daily reading. And uh, this fellow, Tim Schindel, who's a friend, a guy I know, and who's actually Pastor Dave's cousin, he wrote his little comment on there. It was like, wouldn't you like to be outside the camp and say, you know, what are you here for? <laughs> you know, yeah, everybody out there, hey, what, what do you do? What are you here for? Um, but so this was the, the blood of bulls and goats because day after day, the priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again, a duty, right? There was a whole clan that was set up to, to be in the temple or the tabernacle, and they, they, that was their job. It was a duty. It wasn't a pleasure. It necessarily wasn't a, a gift of their time. It was a job right their duty and again and again he offered the same sacrifice which could never take away sin but when this priest referring to Christ had offered for all, or for all time one sacrifice for sin he sat down at the right hand of god so the system worked right the they came up to the, where the system was perfected and nothing new needed to happen. Um, hold on, I gotta read my own writing here for a minute. <laughs> anyway. So we, years ago, I couldn't. It was amazing how many things happened in this brief time we lived in the Yukon, but, <laughs> which was 30 some odd years ago. Uh, I needed a crown. It was my Christmas gift to myself. So Jasmine and I went down to Vancouver Island for Christmas. Is a tooth. Oh. yeah. <laughs> On my tooth. Oh. All right. Are you, everybody with me? A, a temporary crown on my tooth. All right. Boy, hard crowd. So I, I had to get a root canal over Christmas. And so this root canal, the dentist said, well, hey, we're going to put a temporary crown over this place where you hide your root canal. But at some point, you're going to have to have it fixed. So let's say that was in 1989, 88. So years after that, we moved to Revelstoke. Nin- 1992, we moved to Revelstoke. And I got a job at the mill, and we had benefits. So I thought, hey, I'm going to the dentist. And I hadn't been to the dentist for a while. And so they, she started looking up my teeth, and she goes, oh, like, what's this? And I was like, oh, that's my temporary crown. She's like, no, it's not. He never put anything over it. He just stuffed it and kind of put some filling stuff over it. Oh, and I'm like, oh. That was eight years ago. So it was, it was put in there temporary, but it worked longer than anticipated, right? And they did a permanent crown, which is still there today, right? On, his tooth. on my tooth, <laughs> not on my head. Um, but it w- to me, it was just an example that they f- something fit and it worked and nothing else had to be done. That's the, that's the point, it, not whether it was on my head or on my tooth. But it was a temporary system that is now meant to last to the great, right? Um, so making do until the final repair was adequate but not perfect. And so the system that was being performed for all those years was adequate. It got, it got, done, it got the job done, s- sort of but not in a way that was complete and final. And that's why Christ had to die. That's what Friday coming up is all about. The fact that Jesus had to come and he had to die, right? And so there comes a point where it's a point of decision for people, right? Where the Bible says, so it's not good enough just to believe in God, right? It's not good enough. It doesn't doesn't complete the system. Uh, I grew up, I've never not believed in God. I grew up in church. Um, I always believed that, that there was a God. I always believed that Jesus died on the cross. I, I never didn't believe that. Like, I know there are people that have never now, you can't even tell the story of David and Goliath and think that they've heard it before, right? Because people don't, you can't assume that people know anything about the Bible, right? And so, but I grew up in a, in a church where I believed in the Bible. But I never heard at that point that I had to do anything with that knowledge, right? I just thought if I believed in God and I believed that Jesus died for the sins of man, that's all I had to do. But one day someone said to me, no, like you have to make a personal decision and take that for yourself. So uh, these are the keys for my car. Okay, so I'm gonna give Christopher a gift. How dare you? Okay, so I'm handing Christopher the keys to my car. I'm not family. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not really a gift until I really Yeah, it's not the truck. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't be a gift if it was my truck. It's the gift isn't complete. Like I can hand the keys, I can sit here with the keys, I can tease Christopher with the keys. You're taunting me. Right. But if I give him the keys right, then the gift is made complete. But even still, the gift isn't complete until he gets in that car, starts it, and drives it away. Mm-hmm. OK, give me my keys. <laughs> but that's, that's how it is. We, we get, Sometimes we get so close, right? We believe in God. We believe in Jesus. We believe that he died for the sins of man. But we think that that's all we have to do. And, it, and if that's all you've done, you, you've missed it. You haven't gone quite far enough, right? So the, the time for decision is we have to confess our sins to him, and he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us. Uh, I did this as I was 15 years old. You think, how bad can you be at 15? You can be bad enough yeah. that you still have sins and have to confess them. right? And I understood at that time when someone said this to me, you have to make it personal. I thought, oh, that's what the Bible says. I have to make it personal. I have to ask for forgiveness for my own sin, and when did I have to do it, right? Put it off, well, you know, maybe next week. I got a few sins I want to commit first, you know. uh, (laughs) Yeah, you know, I don't, I'm not sure I want to make that kind of commitment yet, I'm only 15, you know, um, but the Bible says today, I tell you now, like, when you hear it and you understand it, the time for decision is now. The time isn't to go away for another five minutes and try to figure it out or another ten days and think, oh, I thought, yeah. The time is now. The time is now of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. You know, uh, salvation is an amazing thing, right? That. To understand that Christ came and He sacrificed His life for me. Not just for the sins of man. Like, but for me personally. It was a it was for me, myself, for you yourself, for every individual in this whole world. It was sufficient for all of that. Right? It wasn't just a one-time thing. Well, it was a one-time thing in that it was sufficient for all, but it wasn't just a one-time, like it was good for that generation. Right? It was for once and for all to come, right, that that's what it was for, and so the result of the decision is that he came that we might have life, because if you're, if you're over here, and God's over there, right, and I, I thought when I was reading this, because, hey, I'm reading the Old Testament right now, uh, here's Moses, and he is on the east side of the Jordan River, and he is on the mountain, and God is showing him the promised land. It's that close, right? I'm standing at the Big Eddy Bridge, and I'm looking at the Big Eddie from this side of the river. It's that close. But God's saying to him, you can't go. You, you can see it. You're that close, but you can't go. You're going to die on this mountain. And he's like, oh, that's good. Right? But that's what happens to us. So we are are standing here, and there is a bridge to get us across that river. There's a bridge to get us over to God. And God is standing on this side, and he's saying, come on. Come over. I want you to be on this side. I've made a bridge for you, and you're on this side saying, I understand that there's a bridge. Right? I can see you. I can see the bridge, but I don't know if I want to cross it yet. But if you come over to this side of the bridge, like your sins are forgiven, and now you have more abundant life. And you cannot have abundant life if you are in a life that is bound by sin. right? You may have a, you may have a taste of abundant life. You may have a version of abundant life. But you will never truly have the abundant life that God has in store for you. Until you make that decision, and accept Christ's forgiveness, right, and confess your sins to God, confess your sins, and understand that Christ died for those sins, right. So it's okay to confess it, because we have the forgiveness, right. And there's, um, <laughs> it's now like, it's abundant life is possible now. We don't have to put it off any longer. Right, it's um, it's not about the past, right? I can't I can't change my past. I can't change your past. You can't change your past. You can sometimes do things to help alleviate the guilt of your past. You know, some some of the things with a 12-step program as you try to go and you make you know reconciliation and make amends for the things that you can. But when it comes to dealing with the things of Christ, the past is the past. And there's a future, but the future depends on today and your decision about what you're going to do with Christ. The death of Jesus is about forgiveness. An incredible thing that happened when Jesus died, right? That was all about the forgiveness. We needed to have that happen in order to find forgiveness. Now, uh, there's people here, that I don't know, you know. We have a podcast, so if you're listening to us on the podcast, um, I don't know anybody that's necessarily listening to the podcast. But I want to encourage you if you've never made that decision that today is a decision that you need to make. It. Uh, we've talked about you know redigging wells, and you know there's there's some of us I know that are here that you know we're here every Sunday, but it it does I don't know where you necessarily are, and there's times where. You have to redig that well and say, Yeah, you know, God, I've kind of I've walked away a little bit and I need to get myself back on track. And you ask for forgiveness and it's there. Because there's nothing that we can do that separates us from the love of God, right? And there's, the Bible said that there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So I want to encourage you today that if you've never made a decision for Christ, take some time. I'm, I'm not going to have a call because I, be, I believe it to be a personal thing where you need to take some time and just say, yes, God, I understand what Jesus did for me on the cross. I understand I need his forgiveness. I need your forgiveness. And ask God to forgive your sin and come into your life. And I I can promise you that that you will notice a change immediately because when when the sin is forgiven, there's a weight that comes off your chest. And I, I know that it happened to me at 15 years old. I I was a new creation the minute I asked for forgiveness. Did it mean my life was perfect after and that I was perfect? No. But it meant that I had a fresh start on the right side of the river. Right? And that was the important thing to me. So that's the death. The death of Christ is all about forgiveness. Well, what about the resurrection? That's next week. All right? Come back next week.